when Jenna's new boyfriend, Herm, announces that he is traveling to the north shore of Lake Superior to meet Commander Donner. She is skeptical. After all, Herm is convinced that he is an alien from the planet Xylon, who has been sent to Earth to search for rare minerals. As far as she is concerned, he is living in a dream world. However, Herm is also a nice guy, the best she's ever known, and she enjoys being with him. So does her eight-year-old daughter, Sylvie. If only it wasn't for that alien issue. This is a story of the horrors that some people can inflict upon the innocent. It is also a story of how incredibly strong the human spirit is. Ultimately, it is a story of how strong the bonds of love truly can be. Eye of the Beholder, a novella by Jim Bates. Available at MythMart.com www.mythmart.com and all other online retailers. In the wake of the Me Too movement comes a collection of short stories that challenge the reader to consider how women have suffered through the ages and continue suffering now. The primary connection between the stories in the collection, Suffer Rage, is that they are stories of and about women. Each woman in the collection has suffered, whether at the hands of men, society, or other women. Those they love, those that should love them, even their own bodies and minds, have betrayed them at some point. Some of these women are nameless. Some only have their names to hold on to and some are looking for new names to go with the possibility of new lives. Some stories tackle sexual assault, abortion, mental health issues, aging, and surviving against the odds. Regardless of the genre employed, there is a profoundly feminist and at times girl-esque tone to the stories. There are sharp and smart gestures toward body, femininity, and patriarchy and you get a sense of simmering rage throughout. As one of the story's protagonists says, all you have to do is listen in the bright dawn and you will hear tender violence, the noise of women. When you have finished reading Suffer Rage, you will hear the voices of all the women vibrating in your bones and you will ask yourself if you should choose to be a coward or a revolutionary. Purchase your copy today of the Open Contract Challenge 2023 winner Adele Evershed and her collection of stories, Suffer Rage, at www.mythmart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry. Don't you cry. 
listeners. Yeah, yeah, I totally wanted to do like a whole Good Morning Vietnam thing, but I couldn't figure out how to get Lupa's bits to sound like Vietnam. Just didn't work. So, yeah, you got the good morning part. Anyway, welcome to episode... Oh, crap. I just looked. <laughs> That's what we're going to call this. Episode, oh, crap. 154. Yeah. 154. We are at 154. Holy moly. That's a lot of podcasts. I have been at this a long time. And you would think, by now, I would have settled into a specific kind of type of show, whether it be ranty or newsworthy or um, weird facts or voicing my opinion on events happening in the world. But no, I'm still all over the map. And I think that's my style. I'm just everywhere, all over the map. So you might notice I'm a little quieter today than I normally am. That's because I do actually have the mic where it's supposed to be, comfortably. And um, it is early-ish here, so peeps are still sleeping. I'm enjoying the early morning quiet. Uh, well, it's not totally early morning quiet because the boy is awake. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> And the dog is awake. The cat is no longer awake. He's having a nap. Uh, and I just happened to glance over at my supernatural day planner that Dave bought me. And it's my absolutely favoritist. I love it. And across the top of the page, it says, no rest for the wicked. Some days, my friends, that is me. Uh, but I'm wicked in a good way. I'm not wicked in a bad way. I'm wicked in a good way. Um, I've been very busy the last week. What What's the date today? I don't even know. What did I do last week? Um, last week was my birthday, but we talked about that. And then we had Valentine's Day, which we didn't do anything um, overly spectacular other than wish each other happy Valentine's Day. Um, it rained. Yeah, which I know. Y'all going like, oh, wow. Woo it rained. Big deal. Um, well, here, when it rains, it is a big deal because the sand is not like beach sand where it just absorbs the water. Um, it's like hard-packed sand. So it kind of sits on top for a while. And <laughs> what we would consider in Ontario um, a gentle rain or a slow, steady rain is caused to close schools and um, claim inclement weather and uh, close roads because they flooded. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's rain is a little different here. It's still just as lovely. It's still just as as soothing and I love to listen to it um, we've been sleeping with the door open the past two weeks I'd say um, it's been a really good winter we haven't had the heat on hardly at all but uh, we've uh, been sleeping with the door open because I just find it smells delicious 
it's such a lovely, fresh smell in the bedroom. And it's nice and cool in there. It gets a little cold at night, but, you know, I just snuggle under my blankets and I'm a happy camper. Um, but it's really good for sleeping. So, um, now the only problem that I'm having is, as you can hear, it is spring here. Um, weeds are blooming, flowers are blooming, and allergens are at an all-time high. <coughs> now, normally at home, my allergies are okay. I'm not overly affected by um, seasonal allergies. You know, I might get a little snuffy here and there, but here, holy Moses, I sound like I have a cold. My nose is snuffed up. My sinuses are snuffed up. Ugh. But uh, today is another lovely day. It's going to get up to 57. It's a little chilly, like a little cool, but uh, we're going to hit 57, which is nice. Um, for February, it's bootyful for me. I'm used to like minus 57. <laughs> used to cold. I don't like it. Um, and the really beautiful thing about here is I do see snow. We do get snow. I do see it. It's not where I am. It's in the distance on the top of a mountain. And it's lovely to look at at a distance on the top of a mountain over there. Not here. Over there. So, yeah, I do get to see the snow. Um, if I so choose, I could go play in said snow. But I do not choose. So <laughs> I don't go play in said snow. Um, but... Um, my time here is starting to wind down. I will be heading home in just give me a minute. I know it's sad, but uh, it is what it is. This is the um, how things are. Um, 48 days. 48 days I will be heading home. And hopefully the snow is gone by the time I get there because I don't want it. Um, I haven't had to pay a heating bill, a hydro bill, all winter because um, I'm really frugal when I'm home. I'm really careful about how much electricity I use. If I'm not in the room, the lights aren't on. Um, and even when I am in the room, like when I'm in my bedroom, I just have a little lamp on. And when I go away, I turn everything off unplug stuff that doesn't need to be plugged in and um, I was on they call it budget billing where you pay a set amount every month and at the end of the budget billing term you either owe them because your bill was over or they owe you because your bill was under and it turned out the first year they owed me about $300 so I didn't pay a hydro bill all summer long because they used my credit then I went back and we started and they, I was doing, um, $83 a month and they went, okay, you know what? That is way too much. <laughs> Your bill is never that high. So let's try 59. So they put it at $59 a month and I built up another credit and they emailed me and said, okay, you know, we're taking you off budget billing because your bills are never that high 
and um, you have another credit. So until that credit is used, you don't have to pay your hydro bill. So <laughs> kind of lucky that way. <laughs> kind of cool. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very conscious about how much electricity, like what my bills are and keeping them as low as possible. Um, I just finished in um, February. My cell phone is now paid off. So that $32 a month that I was paying towards my phone, I no longer have to pay out. So that puts a little extra money in my pocket, which is lovely. And um, they keep now they're, they're my phone company is constantly trying to um, get me to get a new phone, upgrade your phone, do this. No, no, um, no. <laughs> I like the fact that I own my phone now. I don't have to pay for it. Um, and I can just pay for the service. And if I no longer like the price of the service and I happen to find better service elsewhere, I can go and get cheaper, better service elsewhere. So I might start shopping around in April um, for a cheaper phone, cell phone service um, that has a better rate than what I have now. But we'll see. I've been with um, Virgin forever um, I was with them. Well, first I was with Yak and then I think Yak switched to solo and everything changed and they just became crap. So when my next upgrade came, I went to the source, um, which is like what Radio Shack used to be. And I was talking to the girl behind the counter and she's like, why don't you try this plan? It's cheaper. And, you know, your contract with these guys are up. Why don't you, and this one gives you a free phone, so why don't you upgrade your phone, get this one, and go with this plan. So that's, I've been with Virgin ever since. So, but they are starting to get really expensive. They don't offer um, everything that I would like in a price range that I could afford. Um, having to spend $13 a day when you're not in the country just to use your phone can get expensive. So, yeah. Anyway, that's just a little ramble from me. <laughs> um, I don't think I have a whole lot of um, housekeeping. Uh, when you hear this, it'll be Friday and the magazine will be coming out the next day. So I am busy working hard on getting all the everything edited and ready to be put into the magazine. Um, I'm also finishing up the last of the edits on the Murder Society, and that will be sent back to Jessica this week, probably today, if not today, tomorrow, so that she can um, go over it, make any changes that she wants to make. And then send it back and I will finalize it, send it back to her. She'll sign off. We'll send it to the, yeah, you know, it's a thing. Um, I'm not sure what Michael's working on right now. Um, but things are, are uh, we did have a, a wrench thrown into our personal works 
here. Um, but that's not my tale to tell. So until I have permission to share that information, uh, let's just say that um, changes are being made and um, lifestyles are being altered. So we'll just leave it at that for now. But that's kind of where my mind has been this week. Um, let me see. <laughs> I should have sat down. See, you know, 154 podcasts and you'd think I would know to sit down and write out things I want to talk about. I mean, I have things I want to talk about, but I don't want to burn them all up in the first 20 minutes of the show. So, um, I know you guys like it when I get ranty, when I talk about something specific that has irked me. Now, I do want to talk about one thing, um, and I did watch it on, okay, so this is going to be a wrestling conversation for a moment, and I'm sure there's at least one listener out there whose ears perked up, and the rest of you just kind of went, ah, but I watched SmackDown, um, yesterday because we get it a day late but we, we can watch it after it airs anyway and um i can't remember the two chicks names because i'm really not there's very few female wrestlers that interest me i like um um bianca belair um i like uh rhea ripley not overly fond of, um, oh my gosh, I can see her name. She's going to the Elimination Chamber. She was part of Damage Control, which actually did make me feel a little sorry for her, for what they did to her. Um, I think the one girl in Damage Control has a mental defect because she always stands there with her mouth open. And I think it's, I, I know it's supposed to be like this sexy um, doll pose where they have their mouth open in, in like a slight little O shape. But she just looks like she's stunned half the time and and her brain is, is on test pattern. <laughs> she just, it just drives me nuts. It's like, shut your mouth. You're attracting flies. I don't know. I just... Uh, anyway. um, That's oh, going to bug me until... Until I figure out what her... If I tell I remember what her name is. Um, I keep hearing this door. And... Um, Zoe had Zozo had taken a sign that she made and it was hanging on the door in the house. Well, she put it on the outside door and it's a little windy today. So it's banging it up against the door. Uh, Bailey, Bailey, Bailey. There we go. Bailey. That's her name. Bailey. I don't like Bailey. I didn't like Bailey. I unfortunately felt sorry for her after what uh, damage con the rest of damage control did to her. But anyway, so these two chicks were fighting. And... Um, the one girl, I, I want to know when all of a sudden they decided that the new style of outfit for the women was going to be underwear, sequined underwear. 
the garters, the little panties, the teeny tiny bras. When was that decided? When was who thought that would be a good idea? Now, if the bra top fits properly and everything is contained, uh, all right, the garters really bother me. I don't I don't understand the point. You're wrestling. You're not walking the catwalk. You're not dancing on a pole. You're wrestling. The men don't come out looking like Chippendales. You ain't seeing no firefighters or police officers or um, doctors for costumes. No. They look like wrestlers. The women should look like wrestlers. Now, there was one girl wrestling. She was wrestling Naomi, which... That's just a joke and a half. Anyway, um, she was wrestling Naomi, and I can't remember her name. Uh, something fire. Anyway, uh, she looked like a wrestler. She had on, like, the baggy um, uh, rugby, like, pant-type things and a sports bra top and, you know, go to her. But this chick in the pink, okay... She had the garters. She had the teeny tiny underwear. And she had a bra that looked like it was two sizes too small. Like maybe she borrowed her little sisters or something. Or um, she got a boob job and they forgot to adjust the size of her bra. And during the match, she actually did have a nip slip. She had to put her boob back in the bra. Twice. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, maybe if your wrestlers are having problems keeping their body parts contained in the costume that you've chosen for them to wear, you might want to rethink the costume. And she's like, I get it. They're given a role to play. This is their persona. This is who they're supposed to be. But she's so annoying. Toodles. What? 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 Just, oh. Oh, I want to drop kicker. But I, I really have an issue with the outfits. I really, really do. And it's not because I'm all about, you know, take the sex sexism out of wrestling and, you know, stop um, objectifying the women, whatever. Whatever. I'm a woman. I am a straight, heterosexual woman. So it's not... And I'm not a feminist. I don't have problems with... There was one girl that came out. I can't remember. Again, the group. I have certain wrestlers that I follow. The rest of them I don't care about. Anyway, she came out and she was wearing little black booty shorts. She had what looked like a bandana top. But she was covered. Um, There were peekaboo spots on her hips, which was fine. And she had knee-high knee black high-heeled boots now she looked what i would classify as sexy she looked tough she looked sexy she looked dangerous she looked badass you know all of the things that she was trying to portray she was doing it with her outfit it was great and the way she carried herself and then you have the chick in the pink gar with the garters who just looked trashy so you can have a sexy wrestling outfit. You can be a sex symbol in the ring and still have some class. 
not look like something they dragged by the back of the head out of the trailer park, slapped some underwear on them, threw a few sequins and said, go get them, tiger. You don't have to look trashy and cheap. You don't have to look skanky. Now, if you're playing a skank, fine. But I don't think that is her persona. And there are several that come out looking skanky. Um, now, not all of us are stick figure thin and can pull off stuff like that. So this isn't a jealousy thing either. I have... An ample bosom, a well-endowed bosom, more than I need. And I I understand the struggle in finding the appropriate undergarment to fit what you have. But if you're wearing that as your entire outfit and nothing more, make sure it fits. Like it didn't, when she came out, it looked like you could tell it was too small. It looked like somebody had taken parts of her boobs, slid them down so that they would be covered by the lowness of the top. Yes, I know. I am doing a fashion critique on female wrestlers, but come on. If you can't wrestle in the outfit and have everything stay where it needs to stay, then it needs to be reevaluated. The costumer needs to rethink what they've put you in and try again. But yeah, I have an issue with the underwear wrestling outfits. Just underwear was not meant to be worn as just an outfit. <laughs> you know, garters are a whole lot more sexy when they're underneath something and you just catch a glimpse of it, not when it's in your entire outfit. Anyway, I'm waiting for Elimination Chamber because I know she, I mean, she made it to Elimination Chamber and I think the only reason why she is going to Elimination Chamber is because they do need some female wrestlers in the ring that they can just pick up and toss out fairly quickly and I think she's one of them. Anyway. Okay, moving on. Um... <laughs> over it but it was very fun we did um we watched smackdown last night and um i'm just <sighs> okay so the whole roman reigns rock i called that by the way when roman when the rock challenged roman reigns and said he was going to wrestle cody in place uh or wrestle roman reigns in place of cody First thing I said was, I bet you they're going to team up. They're family for crying out loud. In real life, they are legit family. Bet you they're going to team up. But The Rock has a really big ego. I mean, generally, yes, he's a nice guy. He used to be a nice guy. And you have to remember, back in the day when he first started wrestling, he was the youngest wrestler in the ring. One of them. He was the baby face. He was the smart-ass kid. Now he's the oldest wrestler in the ring. <laughs> it can't pull that baby-faced, mischievous uh, persona off anymore. So they've turned him into a bad guy. But I don't trust it. 
I don't trust it. Family or not, I don't trust it. He is too aggressively a bad guy. He is trying too hard to have the people hate him when he has spent his entire wrestling career being the people's champion. And now he's making um, polygamous jokes in Utah. And yeah, calling them stupid rednecks and crybabies, the Cody crybabies. <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, I'm a big Cody fan. Cody is my boy. That's who I'm cheering for. That's who I'm rooting for. Um, that's not somebody knocking at the door. That's, I'm telling the dog, by the way, that's who I want to see take down Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has gotten too big for his britches. He has been champion too long. It He needs to, there's his his story can't go any further. He's done it all. He has been champion for over a thousand days. Over, I think over 1600 days. Um, there's nothing more for him to do. There's no challenge. There's no battle. There's no climb. He's there. He's done. So to see him, the logical storyline would be for Cody who I think is starting to come to the end of his career. I think he has played out his story. Um, he lost last year. He got screwed out of the title last year. And this year has been, um, and like Paul said in the um, post-news event after uh, WrestleMania last year, was that Cody wasn't ready. Cody's not ready yet. So this year was all about proving he was ready, fighting the battles he needed to fight, getting the titles he needed to get, winning the Royal Rumble again, and winning that opportunity to go to WrestleMania 40 and try again. So I think he is starting to come to the end of his career and I know generally when you retire or when you leave, you're supposed to leave and hand off the belt. I think this is the beginning of that. I think he is going to win at WrestleMania because that would be the pinnacle of his career is to win at WrestleMania, to take that from Roman Reigns. And then um, the next year, he'll hold it for the year and then the next year he'll lose it to whoever they decide is worthy. Um, and then he'll retire and go be with his wife and kids. I don't know where the Roman Reigns story is going unless we're going to see. I, th I mean, I'm fairly certain we are guaranteed we are going to see a showdown at some point in time between The Rock and Roman Reigns. Because The Rock is starting to build this persona of having this larger-than-life ego. That it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you think. The Rock will tell you how it is. And right now, he's defending his family. He's standing with his family against um, Cody Rhodes. 
who now has Seth freaking Rollins on his side, they've kind of teamed up against the Rock and Roman Reigns, which again, I called. I did say, you know, you watch, those two are going to team up now. And they did. It's just logical thinking when you're following the storyline that, you know, logically, if these two are teaming up, then those two should team up because they both hate Roman Reigns. So I think, and in that, in that vein of thinking, I think what may happen is that Cody will take it from Roman, then Seth will take it from Cody. So it'll, it'll kind of be like a roundabout thing. Anyway, I think we're going to end up seeing, and this is just conjecture, so I'm saying this on February 21st, 2024. We will see how this plays out and see if I'm right. Um, I think we are eventually going to see, once the whole Cody story has played out, um, we're going to see a battle for the head of the table between Roman Reigns and The Rock. Because family fights, I mean, look at, at Jimmy and Jay, look at Jay and Roman, family fights. I, I'm also, I also have in the back of my head thinking that one of these days, Solo's just going to say, screw it, I'm going on my own, I'm going Solo. <laughs> and he's just going to wipe everybody out. Because he's the one that does all of Roman's dirty work. He is the reason why Roman wins the matches that he wins. Because he cheats for Roman Roman doesn't actively do the cheating all he does is the distracting he distracts the the ref so that Solo can come in and do the cheating kind of like Logan Paul's little buddy there with the with the brass knuckles I would like to see somebody just punch that jerk right in the mouth with those I really really would anyway <laughs> See, now we've got on a wrestling rant. Um, I'm all over the place today. All over the place. So that is what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to come down to um, Roman Reigns and his whole acknowledge me is eventually going to look at the rock and go, oh, dude, I am the head of the table. What are you doing? Because it seems like every time they're in the ring, every time there's talking to be done, Roman Reigns just stands there. And The Rock is doing all the talking. The Rock is out front. He is the one that is drawing the attention of the crowd. And the persona that Roman Reigns has built up with this huge, larger than, excuse me, larger than life ego is not going to be able to tolerate that indefinitely and I think he's going to tell the rock you know what you need to acknowledge that I am the head of the table you're getting a little too big for the place that you're in and I'm going to see the rock go screw you buddy I want to be the head of the table because he's already said that he's already said it um so yeah I think that's where that's going <laughs> Moving on. So I'm taking this course. I told you about it last week. I'm taking this course through Michigan University. And it's a, a script writing, learning how to write um, a script or a screenplay. And I decided I was going to use, I wrote a short story for um, one of our anthologies. I don't remember offhand which one. 
um, I think it was the monster within. Maybe. No. No, I think I, I don't know. I didn't do my research. Anyway, um, and what I, I took the short story part of it. It's actually a whole lot longer story called The Rising. And the piece that I'm using in class is only about 10 pages. But I do have 24 pages of the bigger picture story. Um, and Salah's part was just a small part in a bigger story arc. Um, but I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take that part and see what happens. Because it was an interesting enough story for me. It was a new take on, I mean, yes, I get it. There have been shows and books and everything written about vampire werewolf hybrids. I watched Vampire Diaries. I watched the originals. I watched Legacies. I know, but in Legacies, she wasn't actually a hybrid. She was a tribrid. But that's besides the point. But I wanted to do it a little differently in a way that um, she was born with both genes, but they're inactive. Because the vampire curse is just that. It's a curse placed on um, Sala's father's ancestors by the werewolf gypsies that were Sala's mother's ancestors. So like when you're born with brown eyes or brown hair or you inherit your father's nose or your mother's cheeks or, or the, I don't know, sixth toe because it's hereditary, whatever. Um, you, you get your genes from your parents. You get half of your mother's and half of your father's. So the point I was trying to make with her having both the werewolf and vampire gene is that she got that, the one from her mother and the one from her father entwined in her DNA. You don't get to pick and choose. And a lot of people in my course are telling me, well, it's like, it could be confused and it might be too much. Maybe you should just have her pick one. I'm sorry, but when your genetic code is being created, I'm fairly certain you're not there to say, you know what? There were blue eyes about four generations back. Can I have them instead of the dominant brown? And how about... Um, we don't put the inherited predilection for migraines. Let's take that, let's take that gene out and put in a thin gene. You don't get to do that. It's not like, you know, you're making a cake and you can switch from chocolate to vanilla. That's not how it works when you inherit genes from your parents. You don't get to pick which ones you want to activate, which ones you want to have and ignore the other ones. They're just not how it works. And some of the people in my class that are saying, well, you know, maybe she should choose. Maybe you need to choose one. No. How? 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 Do I rewrite the entire thing and make her parents not one or the other? That plays into the whole curse and how she's now the une something completely unexpected. Because we've heard of vampires, we've heard of werewolves. Well, now she's both. She has the powers of both. 
She has the bloodlust of the vampire, but can survive on animal blood like the werewolf. But she doesn't change into either one. She still remains a human being. She can extend her hands into claws, like like a vampire, long nails, or, you know, with the strength of, of the werewolf. But she doesn't change into one. She has the speed, the agility, the senses, the, the mind control, everything, but doesn't change into either one. And I think we had to do an assignment where you have to write the first 10 pages. Well, you're not going to give everything for the entire story away in the first 10 pages. Because a page, something that I've learned outside of my class, something that I learned writing my other script, was that um, one page is equivalent to one minute of film. Give or take. Um, if you have a lot of description of what the background of that looks like, it's going to be a lot less. Because <laughs> a picture, literally a picture can say a thousand, a thousand words. A picture can say a thousand words. But if you're writing a thousand words, if you have like a thousand pages of description, that's one picture, one shot. Yeah. So a lot of time I'm finding that you leave a lot of that to the director you just say, you know, um, dry desert, sparse um, vegetation, mountains in the background, grove of Joshua trees. That's it. Let them go and figure out what it, the, the, the shade of brown and the temperature and, and what the mountains look like. If they're green, if they're brown, if they're covered in snow, let them do all that get to the to the heart of your story the dialogue the action what's going on and use that as your pages because like i said one minute of film equals one page of script so technically technically if you write the pages correctly um you technically for an, a 90 minute film only have to write 90 pages uh-huh. I'm aiming for 110 to compensate for description. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So anyway, um, I'm turning Sala now into a, a screenplay, into a script for, for a movie, I think. Um, and I'm also working on my other one that I'm kind of keeping under wraps right now. Um... So now, <laughs> and as I'm doing the script and I'm, I'm fleshing everything out a whole lot more than I did when I actually wrote the story, because you have to do character definitions, you have to outline, um, we're doing, right now we're doing the three act format. So act one, act two, act three, beginning, middle and end, beginning, middle and end of each act. Um, we're breaking it down into my like bits and pieces and working on it. Um, the next course, I'm on week five. Yeah, I'm ahead of, I'm ahead of the, the where I'm supposed to be, but that's okay. Uh, we're heading I'm heading into week five and um, now we're gonna get to familiarize ourselves with our script writing program. So I really want to um, buy the script writing program that I have that I'm using. I'm using a free version right now, but Hang on, my dog requires my attention 
as per usual. Okay, I'm back. I swear, he's like a two-year-old. The minute my back is turned and he doesn't have my complete and undivided attention, or he didn't get a good enough good morning, he goes and finds something he knows he's not supposed to have. Any other time, he does not take anything out of the bowl on the coffee table. He leaves everything alone. He doesn't touch the stuff on the coffee table. The minute my back is turned and I'm busy, whether I'm working, whether I'm writing, whether I'm podcasting, usually when I'm podcasting, he has to get into trouble because he doesn't have my attention. Anyway, so as I was saying, um, what's happening? Ah, yes, my phone just told me it's time to go to class. Uh, stop. Thank you. See, now I've lost what I was saying. Um, so yeah, as I was fleshing her out, fleshing out the characters more and writing my character descriptions and writing an outline for the first 10 pages, I thought, you know what, this is really starting to develop into something. I really want to see where it goes. So I took the idea, the log line, everything, and put it over into my script writing, um, program. So now I have two scripts on the go. Two scripts, a book, um, two books, three books, two books. I don't know. I've always got books on the go that I'm writing. And um, now I have two scripts. I've got books. I've got books on editing. I am just busy, 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 busy. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Today is going to be all about the magazine and getting the magazine finished up. Um, I can tick podcasting. I have a list. I try and I'm trying, like I said, at the beginning of the year, I'm trying to be proactive in my lack of self-discipline. <laughs> I'm trying to get myself disciplined. And once you do it enough times, once you get into the habit of doing things every day or every week, like podcasting or writing, um, then it becomes habit and you just do it. So I'm trying to get into, um, the act of self-discipline and, um, doing podcasting every week, writing every day, um, doing classes and working on the magazine, editing, doing everything that I'm supposed to do on a daily basis on a schedule. So, so far, I haven't been doing too badly. I've been doing stuff every day. Maybe not all of the things that I had set out to do, but um, I'm getting a lot of the things that I have on my list to do during the day. So, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm happy with that. You also have to excuse me. I'm trying to keep an eye on the TV. Even though he was told that I was podcasting, it is trolling day in that apparently trumps everything. So I'm armed and ready with the remote. I've already shut the TV off once. I'm I'm prepared to mute when needed. <laughs> and of course now the dog and the cat decide they're going to kick off. Look at you guys. I don't have enough of a podcast yet to just say, okay, you know what? I quit for the day. I'm done. I don't have enough time yet. So behave. I tell you, some days the universe conspires against me. All right. So that's kind of what's been going on lately. 
Um, I didn't find anything overly interesting in Florida Man. I mean, Florida Man's always up to weird stuff. Um, but I didn't find anything new. Wait, what? Okay, maybe I lied. Let's uh, <laughs> just take a... Uh, dude. I mean, I get it. If you're going to kidnap somebody, don't. But, um, all right, so maybe we have a few here. Okay, so a Florida man. Oh, psh, 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 psh. <laughs> uh, Joshua Grimes is a career criminal who's been in and out of prison. Um... Apparently, he uh, is accused of bringing a kidnapping victim to the McDonald's drive-thru. At least he was going to feed them. So then there's this. Now, now she's interrupting me. Anyway. Okay, so in Volusia County. Lately, a lot of things have been coming out of Volusia County. Um, a Florida man found himself behind bars after he allegedly... I like how they say allegedly, stole an Amazon delivery van from a driver in Ormond Beach and took it for a joyride. <laughs> okay, dude, like that's not going to be noticed. Is your package late? The sheriff officer wrote on social media. Matthew Darwin. <laughs> Hold on. I'm giggling at the name. Matthew Darwin. Darwin, yes, Darwin. Hoteling is charged with grand theft, meth trafficking. Was he trying to sell Amazon meth? <laughs> oh, okay. You can only get it on Amazon, apparently. And possession of weed after the incident that occurred in Volusia County on Sunday, according to the Volusia's Sheriff's Office. The Amazon delivery driver told deputies that he was delivering a package on Creek Bluff Way in Ormond Beach when a man, later identified as Hotelling, went inside of the van and started it, according to an arrest affidavit. The Amazon driver tried to get Hotelling out of the van, but he got away. An Amazon manager contacted deputies because he was able to track the vehicle and watch the surveillance footage from inside, which showed... Uh, we're just going to call him Darwin, okay? Which showed Darwin reportedly nodding off while driving. <laughs> yeah, but David said. At this point, he was headed westbound on State Road 40 at 70 miles per hour and stopped at a Circle K. Dude had the munchies. The 35-year-old was taken into custody at the Circle K gas station on State Road 40 and U.S. Route 17 in Pearson on Sunday evening before being turned over to Ormond Beach Police. Pearson is located about 20 miles away from where Darwin allegedly stole the van. Hands up, deputies are heard yelling, telling Darwin during his arrest as seen on body cam footage from the incident shared by the sheriff's office. The affidavit, <laughs> the affidavit said Darwin began rambling to deputies and apologized for taking the Amazon truck. He said he was lost in the neighborhood and thought that taking the vehicle would be his way out. Okay, 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 hold on. All right, you can't fault him entirely because an Amazon vehicle is going to have a map system in it. 
so they can find where they're going. <laughs> During his arrest and subsequent search of the truck, deputies found a bag with a glass jar inside of it that had crystal-like rocks, a counterfeit bill, a burnt glass pipe, and a bag containing a green leafy substance. The crystal rocks tested presumptive, presumptive positive for meth and the green substance, marijuana. The Amazon manager arrived on the scene to take custody of the Amazon truck and said he wishes to pursue charges on behalf of the Amazon Delivery Service Partner, On Time Packages, LLC. Darwin told deputies that he was dehydrated and medics who arrived on the scene said he needed to go to the hospital. After being cleared, he was transported to the Volusia County Branch Jail. <laughs> Gosh, you're dehydrated, dummy. Uh, now, my question is, is, are they sure it was Darwin's drugs and not the Amazon drivers? Have you seen how Amazon drivers drive? They are crazy. Weaving in and out of traffic, cutting people off, stopping in the middle of the road to run up to a house and deliver a package. They're worse than the Postal Service. Yeah, that one was kind of funny. <laughs> what? Okay, hang on. Oh, just stop. That's the video of that truck trying to surf. Okay, so a Florida man accused of disrupting a Hooters restaurant before trying to break into a home in Lee County was arrested after the homeowner opened fire on the man. Okay, people, need I remind you, the United States of America is a country that has in their constitution, you have the right to bear arms. Not the right to arm bears, the right to bear arms. Which says to me that most houses are going to be protected, not by a dog, not by a wee, wee, wee alarm system, but by somebody with a pew pew, with a gun. So why would you break into a house? Anyway, Hugh McMenamin, 44, was arrested last week after he tried to break into a home in Cape Coral, leaving a path of destruction in his wake, according to police outlets. A police report states that earlier in the evening last Friday, McMenamin allegedly refused to leave a Hooters restaurant location. Okay, yeah, a lot of guys like to go there and most of them don't want to go back home to whoever's waiting at home for them to tell them, you know, I was, I was hanging at Hooters, um, causing a ruckus, a ruckus, before allegedly targeting a local home for a break-in. Dude was bored. McMenamin reportedly approached the residential Cape Coral home and knocked down portions of the house's six-foot fence surrounding the property before kicking in the front door. What, did he think he was Rambo? Amid the attempted home break-in, McMenamin allegedly dropped his mother's debit card. Oh, my goodness. This is a basement dweller, folks. Doesn't get out much, apparently. In the property's driveway. He also tried to break in through a home's window. The homeowner, however, was armed and fired shots at the suspect. Wink News reported McMenon was arrested shortly after and charged with criminal mischief, property damage, and burglary of an occupied structure. His booking records for Lee County show uh, that he is accused of causing roughly $3,000 in damage to the home. Records show McMenamin had been arrested a handful of times before this year, including in June 
2023 for violating his parole and in 2021 for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. My goodness, I'm telling you. Yeah, that's true. In Canada, if you're charged with having an illegal firearm or have a firearm in a crime, you are truly locked away. There's no bail. That's it. In you go. See ya. You're going to do your time. But our gun laws in Canada are a lot stricter than um, the gun laws in the U.S. Um, you have to register your guns, all of your guns. You have to keep your gun license um like not only do you have to register your guns, you also have to have a license to carry said gun, like to to possess said gun. You can't carry. I don't think you can can carry. Can you legally carry a gun in Canada? I don't think you can. Very yeah, they're very strictly controlled in Canada. Um We are allowed to own firearms, providing we have a license. Restricted or prohibited firearms like handguns must also be registered. Canadians must be over 18 and pass a firearms safety course to hold a license, which you must renew every five years. It's kind of like your fishing license, but it's a whole lot more expensive and you have to take a test. With a fishing license, you don't have to take a test. Um... You cannot use the use of firearms for defense of self or property is generally prohibited by law in Canada. You cannot um, use a firearm to defend yourself. Um, in Canada, the weapons that are legal to carry in Canada are dog spray, personal safety alarms, security umbrellas, diversion water bottle self-defense keychains, flashlights, a tactical pen, and an Apple AirTag. Uh, let me see. What else? Uh, GPS watches and safe with safety features and safety whistles. Um, so... What you can carry in Canada to feel safe when you're out and about. Uh, think of a baseball, a metal water bottle, um, or another heavy item like a skateboard. If you're carrying a baseball on your way home from a game and use the bat as a weapon of opportunity against an attacker, then you're okay since you had the bat with you for the purpose of a baseball game. You can't just wander the streets with a baseball, with a baseball bat. Um, you can carry dog spray or um, pepper spray is illegal for use against humans. However, you can carry dog spray to use against dogs, wildlife, and <clears throat> animals. Uh, you can use dog and coyote spray. It comes in a small canister, has a key ring attachment. Um, and if your life is in danger, I'm pretty sure you will get off on, uh, like you won't get in trouble for using it on a human animal. Uh, you can have a person, personal personal safety alarm. It emits an extremely loud noise to draw attention to your situation and deter and disorient attackers. If you're a jogger, an elder, a teenager, a woman, a night worker, or anyone who thinks that they may find themselves in a vulnerable position, you can use these. It's about 125 decibels sound with flashing strobe lights. Um, we'll admit from it so that everybody knows you're in danger. And you can put that on your keychain. Um... 
then there's a security umbrella. Looks and functions like a regular umbrella and provides an element of surprise in a threatening situation. Since it's built with a heavy frame and steel tip, <laughs> the security umbrella can deliver a strong defensive strike. Um, a diversion water bottle. It's a clever hidden compartment. It's stainless steel. This stainless steel water bottle is your stealthy sidekick for stashing cash, cards, keys, and those little treasures you don't want the world to find. Um, it's a fully functional water bottle and can be used as a self-defense tool if filled with ice. <laughs> you know what? Filled with water, if you swing it hard enough, if you are, are terrified enough and you put everything you've got into that swing, it's going to cause some damage. It's going to give you a few seconds. And that sometimes a few seconds is all you need. Self-defense keychains has all of the accoutrements. Um, there's small portable tools that can be used for striking an attacker, for making noise. Um, now, the legality of self-defense keychains in Canada is a somewhat complicated issue. Carrying this tool solely for self-defense purposes is illegal because you are considered as carrying a prohibited weapon under Canadian law. However, keychains are legal to possess if they are primarily intended for another purpose, such as carrying your keys. If the keychain just happens to have a self-defense function on them that you used as an opportunity during an attack, your defense may stand up in court if it ever comes to that. I do have actually a couple of um, the things pictured on the 10-piece self-defense keychain to uh, like the, the glass punch. I have that. Um, yeah, I have a couple of things. Tactical flashlight. Um, it's an everyday flashlight, but can be used as a self-defense tool by shining it in the attacker's eyes to blind and disorient them. Flashlights are legal to carry in Canada. This means you can have one on hand at all times in your bag without worrying about breaking the law. They're also good for whacking them on the head. Um, there's a tactical pen, which if you're trapped in a car, you can break the glass with the pen. It's like a windshield breaker. It's illegal to carry this if you intend to use it as a weapon. So remember, you will only be carrying this on your person because it's a pen. It's a small handheld tool. Uh, see, our laws are strict, but there are loopholes. Whatever you buy, just make sure it's a pen that you can use to jab at an enemy or use to the end tip to smash windows and deliver a crushing blow. Um, the Apple AirTag. Now, the primary function of the Apple AirTag is to keep tabs on your belongings. It can also help your personal safety. By placing an AirTag in your bag or on your keychain, you create an invisible tether between you and your friends and family. Your loved ones can use the Find My App, Find My App and easily check on your location during your evening commute or jog. A GPS watch, which I wear all the time. My Apple Watch. Um... A beautiful titanium emergency whistle. They're perfectly legal in Canada. and You can hang this whistle around your neck or leave it in a handbag or pocket. So, yeah. We are resorting to things hidden. Um, 
things that are, are one thing, but you can use them for another thing to get away with defending ourselves in Canada. Things are a little different. We don't, not, nobody has guns. So why would you try and break into a place in a state where you know a lot of people have guns? That'd be like trying to break into a home in Texas. Again, let's call you Darwin. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm just, I was reading through the comments. Um, all right. So I'm looking for more Florida man news because I now have fallen down the rabbit hole. Ew. Ew. Oh, 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 oh. No, 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 no. Why? 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 Oh, why? I can't. I need to share this horrific Florida man. I can't. Okay. Okay, I'm not watching the video. Plain and simple, I am not, not watching the video. Brace yourself, okay? Doctors remove 150 live bugs, bugs, from Florida man's nose. Florida man is breathing easier now that 150 live bugs have been removed from his nose. The unidentified patient went to hospital earlier this month after noticing that his whole face felt like it was on fire. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, makes you. <laughs> I have the heebie-jeebies so big right now. You have no idea. Ha. <sighs> Although the man first started experiencing symptoms in October, it wasn't until recently that they became serious. Over a couple of hours, my face just started swelling. My lips swelled. I could hardly talk. I couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom without my nose starting to bleed. <sighs> the man visited HCA Florida Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville and consulted. Yes, I am rubbing my nose. I'm sorry. With an Dr. David Carlson, an ear, nose, and throat specialist who was on call. Carlson was shocked when he looked inside the man's nose with a camera. He saw dozens and dozens of bugs feeding on the nose and sinus cavity, some as big as the end of his pinky. Oh, my God. I knew he was in big trouble. There was erosion that was occurring near the skull base in very close proximity to his eye and his brain. At first, the physician tried using suction to remove the insects which were in the larvae stage, but they were too large, so he had to extract them one by one from the man's nose. They were right up against his skull base, right under the brain. Had they gone through that, they could have killed him. The bugs have since been sent to an ep ep epidemologist, epidemologist to determine their species. <sighs> the patient is expected to make a full recovery. Remains a mystery how the larva got inside the man's nose, but he told First Coast News that the problem might have stemmed from his bad hygiene habits when handling dead fish. <coughs> oh, good God. Before, I would rinse my hands in the river. Now I'll use cleaner to do a better job and not touch my nose or my hand. Oh, dude, so you just, like, you, you would clean fish, handle dead fish, rinse your hands off in the river, and then pick your nose? Ew! Oh, dear Lord. Jesus, fix it. I'm just saying. Okay, moving on. I don't know, maybe we should just 
give up. Um, what? Okay. Maybe this is, maybe this is a gentler story. Okay. So a Florida man arrested. Stop. Um, a Florida man was arrested. Oh, see, they're branching out now. Was arrested after deputies said he broke into a home and made himself a cup of hot chocolate. I'm not sure what that was. Anyway, uh, one homeowner said he came home, his door was unlocked, and someone had made a cup of hot chocolate before leaving his home. A second resident confronted the suspect after he walked into his kitchen and found a barefoot man standing at the sliding glass door. The resident told him to leave, which he did, and the victim called 911. Deputies found the man, who was only identified as a 44-year-old from Doral, Florida. Now, this is in Georgia that this is happening. And he was taken to jail on burglary charges. So, like I said, they're branching out. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. I'm not finding anything overly humorous or, you know, heh. <laughs> I don't. I don't, um, I can't do any more bugs, man. I'm sorry. That bug one. Oh, geez. There's the ad. Oh my gosh. And there's like a cup with the, no, I'm trying to scroll as fast as I possibly can. And I can't get past the bugs. That just, that, that's just done me in. All right. Let's, let's get away from Florida, man. He's grossing me out. Okay. So I thought I would see. If I could find some weird news from 2023. Now that we are into February, we've put a month between us and that year. Let's see what, what, you know, weirdness happened in 2023. So one of the things that kind of stuck out in my mind was, um, that about the 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 M&M's spokes candy mascots. So the candy characters would be returning in an ad for the upcoming Super Bowl and the news comes after the company said on Monday that it would be pulling the characters from branding indefinitely and replacing the characters with the comedian Maya Rudolph. The brand stunt takes advantage of the publicity from an older controversy. About a year ago, Mars Wrigley rebranded some of its M&M characters to be more inclusive, including a redesign of the green M&M that replaced her high-heeled boots with sneakers. I liked her with her high heels. Anyway, roughly a year ago, Mars Wrigley updated the look of its M&M characters, announcing an initiative to make the mascots fit a more dynamic, progressive world. Well, I'm sorry, but in a dynamic, progressive world, you still have boys and girls. We haven't been completely wiped out yet. But I digress. As part of these changes, the company introduced new designs to some of M&M's characters and wrote weirdly elaborate backstories for others. Most notably, the company made the green M&M less sexy by shortening her legs and replacing her high-heeled boots with sneakers. 
At the time, the change prompted criticism from feminist activists. Being hot isn't a problem unto itself, as well as far-right conservatives who cast it as another battle in the culture wars. In January 2022, Tucker Carlson criticized the rebrand during a segment on Tucker Carlson Tonight. That's hard to say. Um, He revisited the topic on his show more recently and ended up reigniting the conversation around it. Woke M&Ms have returned. The green M&M got her boots back, but apparently is now gay. And there is a plus-sized obese purple M&M. What? They're candies. Why do they have to reflect human traits? They're candy. It's candy. Are they missing the fact that you eat them? You pick them up, you pop them in your mouth, you eat them. That is the whole point of an M&M. Not whether it's gay, transgendered, short, tall, fat, skinny, purple, green, yellow, whatever. You eat them, they're candy. That's it. They're not human. They don't have human traits. They're cartoons. The original, the real thing is candy. Some with peanuts, some without. I happen to like the the peanut M&M. I think he's funny. Anyway. I don't understand. I don't understand. So... Apparently, the company announced that it would be pulling the spokes candies indefinitely and replacing them with actress and comedian Maya Rudolph. Um, And then they brought them back. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. At the time, it's hard to say if the social media crap storm following Carlson's comments prompted Mars Wrigley to stop using the mascots. It was possible that it could be a strange marketing ploy leading up to the Super Bowl, similar to how planters killed Mr. Peanut. I will never recover from that. And replaced him with Baby Nut. I just... I. Mm. We now know that it was indeed a giant troll. On Friday, just five days after Mars Wrigley announced that it was pulling the candy mascots, the New York Times confirmed that the candies would return for the Super Bowl and were here to stay. Rest assured, the characters are our official long-term spokes candies. Okay, so update January 27th. Mars Wrigley confirmed to the New York Times that Eminem's spokes candies mascots would be returning for the Super Bowl and that they would remain brand representatives long-term. All right. I don't remember seeing any Super Bowl, but I think that was last year's Super Bowl. Um... More weirdness from 2023. Let's see. Stuff that I know. Um, Nothing may explain the dizzying anything goes moment of AI tools. Quite like the 14 day lifespan of the automated Seinfeld episode generator that inevitably made a transphobic remark and wound up getting banned. Um, But maybe good could come from the technology. This sounds like a troll, but actually Amaranth is all in if only for the rest. And then there was the puffer coat pope. That was the most 2023 story of 2023. The pope in one of those marshmallow coats. 
Uh, let's see. Um, Max announced a 10-year-long Harry Potter TV series. So after the release of Hogwarts Legacy, which is an amazing game, I absolutely love it. Everyone was dying for the promise of a decade more Potter discourse. And Warner Brothers and Discovery delivered. Um, wow. Charles Martinet wrapped a legendary career as the voice of Mario. And all he got was a cameo in the Mario movie. The Super Mario Brothers movie gave Martinet his due after replacing him with Chris Pratt, and he still has a place at Nintendo, but it all went down in a shady way. At least the new guy seems nice. Um, the War Thunder Discord was somehow at the center of another classified document leak. So the FBI arrested 21-year-old... Okay, it blows my mind that these 21-year-olds are able to get these things. Um, Jack Tizaria, earlier this year, over leaking documents that contained information about Russia's war on Ukraine, amongst other classified topics. Note to all gamers, gut less gud at leaking. Oh, the grimace shake. Yes, the grimace shake. It's not too early to be nostalgic for simpler times when we ordered purple milkshakes at McDonald's and pretended to die on the floor. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but apparently people got all twisted about the sex scene. I don't know. No idea. Uh, Post Malone bought Magic the Gathering's $2 million Lord of the Rings one ring card. Um, I know a couple of people that wanted that card so bad they could taste it. Let's see. Um, oh my goodness. Some of this stuff I don't even know. I don't know where I was. <laughs> I don't remember some of this stuff happening but you know what that's okay um see a lot of the things that were listed here did not show up on this list there's okay oh shrek shrek was rumored to be dead puss in boots the last wish was a late december 2022 surprise so we spent a lot of time thinking about what it meant for shrek in january our leading theory shrek died um Eventually, we got to ask the directors for comment. Believe them if you must. Now, what was the comment? So, Shrek reportedly alive in the new Puss in Boots movie. According to Joel Crawford and Januel Mercado, and I know I didn't say that right, the director and co-director of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Shrek is alive within the story's timeline. Previously, I had theorized that the beloved Green Ogre actually passed away sometime before the new movie in order to better hammer home the movie's message about mortality. But I'm very pleased to report that the two DreamWorks animation representatives refute the idea that Shrek is dead. It did not kill him, Crawford tells me, stifling a laugh after I asked him about the fate of the ogre in the new movie. So there's a lot of nostalgia for Shrek, for Puss in Boots, and audience have grown up. 
We wanted the movie to grow with them. You feel like you know the character and here's a history that happened when you're meeting this character again. All of the characters feel like they've continued living in the world. Shrek has continued. So, yay, Shrek's not dead. Good to know. Um, so two dudes tried to steal $300,000 worth of Gen Con goods and got extremely busted. So we do not condone theft, but if you're going to walk into Gen Con to pilfer a pallet of MTG cards, wouldn't you wear a mask? Well, two New Yorkers who thought they were the Danny Oceans of the collectible card game scene did not do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's about all for that. Anyway, I probably should wrap this up. Um, the natives are getting restless. So, and I have other things that I need to get done today. So this is your podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it may have been a little ranty. Yes, I touched on wrestling. Um, a few other things. But, eh, you know, that's how this podcast goes. All right, everybody. You know the drill, you know the rules, you know what I say every single week. Be the kind friend and don't lick shit. All right, everybody. See ya. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry, Don't you cry.